Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, hello, hello. It's Donald Butcher of Dope Black Dads. How was everyone's Christmas and New Year? This year was different, right? What I did during Christmas is we spent some time with with our family. Christmas was very different. The kids opened the toys, you know, and what what struck me throughout Christmas and New Year is the importance of community, the importance of people, the importance of also being comfortable with who and the things you have around you. You know, a lot of the time we focus on the materialistic gains on what we hold whether it be that specific vase that piece of jewelry those trainers when all of that is stripped back and taken away we are human beings and we need each other so merry christmas belated to everyone we have been missing for a minute we have been taking a well-earned deserved break happy new year and boy have we got a new year for you We've got a lot to come. We've got a live podcast with an amazing author who's releasing his book this year. We've got an amazing Black Play coming up later on in the year. We've got our third year anniversary coming up. You know, three whole years we've been going as Dope Black Nets. Boy, it feels like we've been going for five years. I've got grey hairs. Look. Oh, I forgot. It's a podcast. You guys can't look. You can't see. I do have grey hair. I promise you. But it's all good. And we've got a lot of amazing things that we're hoping to do with the community. We've got a lot of amazing spaces opening and we are doing all of this to support and help our community. We're doing all of this to change and improve the outcomes of black families. So to kick us off, we sat down with William Adosi and we had an amazing conversation about life, about lockdown, about him being an entrepreneur, Vitae London watches. We sat down and we, we really spoke about his journey to fatherhood. So stay tuned, listen to a podcast. We're also going to have podcasts coming from um, Dope Black Dads Australia, Dope Black Dads America, Dope Black Dads South Africa. So we're going to have all of that coming up over the next year. And do get in touch with us. If, you, if you're doing something amazing that you want us to celebrate, please get in touch with us. We are here to serve you our community and we are here to level up as black fathers so here's to 2021 here's to amazing year of dope black dads and here's to celebrating all our wins from 2020 
Welcome to the Dope Black Dads podcast, a place where we are changing the narrative and having progressive conversations about black fathers, as well as creating a safe digital space for the community. This is the Dope Black Dads podcast. I am Donald Butcher, first podcast of 2021. I am joined today by an amazing, I think I can still call him a young man, um, <laughs> William Adosi. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm very, very, very good. I am. It's a pleasure to have you on our podcast um, and to to hear some of the amazing stuff that you've been doing. So, what I want to start on start off with, William, is find out a little bit about you for those who've been living under a rock and don't know who William Adosi is. Yeah, no doubt. So um, I think I'm still a young man. So I'm 30 years old. I'm the founder of a watch brand called Vitae London. Um, Vitae being Latin for life. So our whole mantra is to be the watch brand changing lives. Um, So in essence, whenever we sell a watch, we support a child for education across sub-Saharan Africa. Wow, that is a powerful brand right there. And and I've been following the brand for probably about two, two and a half, three years now. And um, I've always wanted to watch and not just wanting to watch because I believe in the ethics of the brand. I think it's just amazing. Now, tell us, what have you been up to? Happy New Year to you. Merry Christmas. I'm sure we're going to throw in Happy Easter in there very, very soon as well. <laughs> um, what have you been up to? Yeah, I've just been in design mode and... Uh, settling in mode so my daughter's recently started school so she's three years old um so yeah it's just been interesting she literally started this week and then on a business front I've been yeah working on some new products to release later on this year and just some cool collaborations we've got cooking Uh, that's amazing and you mentioned your daughter there now I want to find out from you what are the three things that makes you a dope black dad Ooh, the three things. Um, I'd say the three things are I try my best to model an example that has no limits. So that would be the first thing. Oh, that's fire right there. I might have to steal that. <laughs> yeah, I just I just want her to see someone who's tried to live without limits and then hopefully be empowered to do the same because I feel like our example is is the most important thing for our children. Um, I would say, secondly, maybe because I'm, I would say I'm compassionate towards my child. That makes me a dope black dad. Even though she's only three, I'm already trying to see things from her perspective um, and communicate to her in the best way that's going to be effective for her growth and development. And the third reason I'm a dope black dad, oof, this is a toughie. I would just say because I'm constantly present. I like to be present in my in my daughter's life and ensure that she yeah she feels my presence and she always knows she's loved no that's 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 amazing and those are three those three things are so powerful in themselves I think you know for me it's trying to trying to be a dope black dad can take on more things than three things but I think the three things that you've brought up are almost the perfect guidelines for 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 dads right and just being able to be present to be able to show them an example that has no limits that is fire that's still reeling in my head that is amazing and and you mentioned about being being a dad being an example that she can she can see 
what mm. was your journey to fatherhood like? What, what, tell us a little bit about where you learned a lot of this and whether this was something you saw in your household and, and is it something you saw with other men around you? Because for me, for example, I, I didn't have my dad around, right? Mm-hmm. Like so many other men our generation and our age, they didn't have, they haven't had a dad around. So to kind of find that example to be a father, it was, it was, I had to search a lot more. It was a lot more hard work for myself, mm. you know, and I had to come across dope black dads and other dads that didn't necessarily shape me, but I could see who I wanted to be and also see who I didn't want to be. So what, what was your journey like? I'm the firstborn of seven children. Both my parents are from Ghana. So, yeah, like growing up, we had a we had a pretty good example, like a really good example. Um, my dad's a, a pastor. He leads a pretty, pretty big church. And yeah, he's always been like dedicated to that, um, which may have been difficult to juggle with and understand growing up. But aside from that, I would say we had a really, really brilliant example. A dad that was always present, a dad that was there for us. And I feel like, one of the trickiest things I've seen between like the parent and child dynamic is like maybe a difference in culture. So my dad growing up in Ghana and being set in a certain way and then myself growing up in the UK. Um, when I was 11, I got I got a um, scholarship to go to a boarding school in the Midlands. So I was even away from my family through a lot of my developmental years. So there's always going to be that difference in culture and the understanding. But I would say I had a, a great model, but someone who I also learned what I wanted to maybe do a bit different. Someone who I felt like, I don't know, I feel like with the African parent dynamic, there's often that feeling that you can't really go to them with the truth or you can't fully be yourself because of the that hierarchical system. So th- that's one thing I probably want to do different. Because it's so interesting now that I'm old, my dad's like a friend to me, whereas I never felt kind of that same bond growing up. So, yeah, it's it's been interesting for sure. That's very interesting because, like you said, you, your dad's from Ghana and my, my, my mum's from, from Cameroon. And that the African way, I would say African because generally in Africa, is, the culture is very, very similar across the board. And, you know, the fact that, you know, the idea that, your dad sits at the top of the tree and everyone works towards that top of the tree, works towards serving the top of the tree, right? So how did you... Give us some concrete examples of what your dad did that made him different. Made him different from the from the norm, you would say? From the norm, yeah. I don't know, like, I, I can't really say what the norm is. I don't think there is a bar- barometer of norm when you really look at it. But based on the stereotypes, I would just say he was yeah, ridiculously present, um, sometimes very hard on us. But looking back, I'm grateful because growing up where we grew up, it was it was dicey, to say the least. Mm. Um, and I feel like I have a bit of a rebellious nature. So if I had someone else as a dad who was more chilled or maybe I would have gone down like a totally different path. Um, so yeah, I'm actually just super grateful that I have the dad that I have because he was just very like stern on us, pushed for education, pushed for us to thrive for excellence, but was always present. And that's one thing I always be grateful for. 
what was it like going to boarding school and how did that impact the relationship between you and your mum and dad? How, how did that impact your relationship? Because I, I went to boarding school and I remember thinking, you're shipping me out here. And mm. when I come back, when I, every time I came back at half terms or summer holidays, I was a different person. I felt so far removed from the relationship with, with, with my mum. Yeah, like I can echo that. It kind of feels like you're living so separate to them. And for me, it was, it felt like a baptism of fire because so I grew up in South London in Peckham and Camberwell and everyone is on the same level. Everyone looks like you. Everyone talks like you. Like you feel part of the majority in a sense. And then all of a sudden I'm in this boarding school where I'm one of a few black people where... I'm there on a scholarship, but a lot of them are just there because their parents have the money for them to be there. So it was like such a totally different dynamic. And I felt like it opened my eyes to so much of the world, but I was not experiencing that with my parents, of course. Mm. And then we wouldn't, we wouldn't really ever go into depth about my experiences there, etc. So I did kind of feel removed, but I understood that because at the time, a lot of my parents friends were sending their children to really good boarding schools as well so I understood that that was the culture and that's what they thought was going to be best for us but at the same time I don't know I did feel like I missed out on being in London but London was quite crazy like South London was pretty crazy those times so yeah I can't I can't really complain yeah no definitely would you would you send your daughter to boarding school I personally don't think I will um, we'll we'll have to wait and see, but I'm not in a position now that I, I think I will. I don't know. I just, I think they're away for the whole day. So having at least mornings and, and evenings with them, uh, especially knowing that at 18, 21, they're going to be, or mid 20s, late 20s, they're going to be like fully gone. Oh. I don't know. I, I kind of just want to still be present in her life. So yeah, I, I don't think I will. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. I, I always used to think that I will send my kids to, to boarding school. And I think, especially boys, but I, I, I discovered a stat that boys, you know, I haven't been to boarding school myself. The, the level of abuse that can happen in mm. boarding schools if a child is not prepared for it yeah. is, is scarring. It's a huge scar for life. Not saying that there's not a lot of good that happens in boarding schools. You know, you learn independence, you learn structure. Um, I definitely feel like my, my, my five-year-old needs like military training and I'm just not iron-fisted enough to give him that yet. <laughs> so you, you, you run this, this brand, you've gone, you know, you, you, your, the parents sent you to, to boarding school, you've come out of boarding school. What then happens then on your journey to building what we now know as Vitae London? How does that jump from boarding school to being an entrepreneur because if I think about when I went to boarding school the idea was I would come out and I'll be an engineer a pilot someone in government something along those lines which is why they sent you to boarding school in the first place facts facts <laughs> so my journey was interesting so I came back to London for college so I went to college in Bermondsey which was a fun experience in of itself um, and then from there I went to university for a year I dropped out without telling my parents and I started a sports academy. So they knew I was running the business, but they thought I was still at uni as well. 
So I, yeah, I ran that, got it to six figures with a business partner. And then the government pulled um, some funding that was going to the schools that we used to use within our pitch to be able to sell our services. So our business model just wasn't really working anymore. So at that point, I went back to university part-time while working as an insurance broker. Um, from there, I ended up in the world of recruitment, um, worked my way up to become like a senior recruiter, I was doing really well. Then I just got frustrated with the nine to five um, life. And when I was 26, or well, 25, soon to be 26, I started Vitae. So that was, um, yeah, four or five years ago. And yeah, the rest is history. And I always say it was like birthed out of frustration. Um, frustration in working a job I wasn't passionate about. And also frustration in seeing and hearing about my dad's story, knowing he was the first in my family line to learn to read and write. And that like broke a cycle of poverty. And then just seeing the need across sub-Saharan Africa and wanting to be an answer to it. Um, so yeah, Vitae was birthed out of that. Wow. That is, I don't think I've ever heard that the whole journey in, in, in one sentence. I've heard bits of it. And I, I want to ask you, along, along that line in those journeys, can you identify with some of the male experiences that you had with other men or with other dads as to where you wanted to be or as an example or role models outside of your dad? Yeah, I've had I've had quite a few great role models. It's been interesting because my dad's never worked for anyone technically, but he's still really like risk adverse. But my granddad on my mum's side, I, well, I found that in recent years, was like an extremely well-versed entrepreneur. So I feel like I get my kind of entrepreneurial DNA through my mum and, and that side of things. Um, so some of the key examples for me have been I've got uncles that have run that run really successful businesses. I've got aunties that do as well. Um, so those are like the immediate ones that, especially in recent years, have really like inspired me. My youngest uncle is only two years older than me. Wow. Um, and he, he runs, because um, my, just to backtrack, my, my mum has 24 siblings. So my wow. granddad had like seven wives ran like successful businesses and so yeah my youngest uncle who's only two years older than me he runs a vc investment firm he runs a really successful business as well so he's one person that's definitely been like a massive like um example at at what's possible if that makes sense and yeah inspired me to to push on wow did you did you ever say to have you ever turned around to your wife and said i want to follow in the footsteps of my uncle and get uh, footsteps of my uncle or my granddad sorry your granddad sorry <laughs> no no I, I haven't I, I think I've made jest of it but yeah I, I, I'd get beat up if I, if I was trying to <laughs> no, I, I, don't, I don't think I can afford all the, no I'm not I'm not up for that I'm good with one <laughs> one amazing woman that's all I need listen I struggle with one <laughs> I'm telling you <laughs> you know it is what what's it's clear to me that we we need our community needs a lot more role models right and and the fact that you were able to see outside of your dad those role models you know i think it's so uh, it's so amazing it just means that the more of that the more of us that they are um the more dads 
because a lot of the time we, we we put up a post on our on our on our social media Instagram. Go check it out if anyone's listening. I haven't seen it. Um, and the, the the gist of it was, even when you think you're doing fatherhood for yourself, even when you think you're doing fatherhood and being a rodel just for your children, other people outside of that household are seeing it, and that empowers them to be better. Facts. Facts. You know, and I think we really, as a black community, we really need to start. The more we do that, the more we're going to raise a generation of kings and queens. The more we're going to raise men rather than just males who are just present, um, who who are just there for the sake of being there, and actually impactful in what they want to do. How has working in the brand and working on the brand and that journey impacted? Or affected you the, the relationship you have with your daughter? Yeah, it's been it's been such an interesting journey to learn how to effectively. I don't like to use the word balance, but yeah, effectively, yeah, balance and weigh things up. Um, I'm a bit of a workaholic when it comes to the brand, so especially in the early days, I would start ridiculously early, finish late, um, and then Sienna was born, I think, a year or two into the brand birthing. So there had to be a big adjustment there, but I don't know. There was I felt like a, like a level of blessing when she came, and like like I leveled up in general, and it forced me into one dreaming bigger, and two building the appropriate team to to build the vision, because I knew like hard work alone just couldn't do it. I had to work smarter. Um, so yeah, that dynamic's been interesting, but I'm at a place now where I can dedicate enough time to her and it not ruin the business and vice versa, if that makes sense. So, so yeah, I, I, I think we found the balance. Um, but, yeah, I'm always learning. What, what is the one thing that you would teach her about entrepreneurship? Because, obviously, she, she sees you doing what you're doing and you're trying to find a balance. And, and I'm guessing she knows that, you know what, dad run, works for himself and, and, and dad is setting this up and it's, it's for your future. He's trying to leave a legacy. But mm. I think in, in in the black community, there's so much of that, so much emphasis on entrepreneurship, right? In the black mm. community, and to to act- mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Times the detriment of those around us. We always aim to do it for those behind us, if that makes sense. And we say we're doing it for those that will come after us. How how do you relate this back to your? How do you relay this back to your daughter? And how what do you think she picks up? Firstly, because she's pretty young, we haven't had those conversations yet. Um, but I, I want to I want to build myself and my my ventures to a point where I, she can honestly do what she feels like she was made to do, whether it be entrepreneurship, whether it be becoming a doctor, whether it, whether it be starting a charity, whatever she feels led to do and like she was made to do, I want to create such a stable environment for her that she can go off and, and dream big. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and I think I think dreaming big is the is the key thing I want to kind of deposit to her um, so that she can be in any field, do any avenue, but she's going to dream big. And that's the example I want to continually set for her. Um, I want to yeah, continually show her where we've come from and where where we've got to through dreaming big, through putting in the right amount of work. And yeah, the best example I can, like the best advice I can give to an, an entrepreneurial father is to, yeah, to understand the importance and value in like correctly managing your time and efficiently managing it. Like, Sometimes you might actually be in front of that that desk not doing much because you've 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 overexerted yourself, you've burnt yourself out, and then on top of that, you're not finding time for your family. And I find actually putting in strict amount of time for my family re-energizes me when I go back into doing my work and doing my business. Like the the energy I feel just spending some time with my daughter, just like holding her, can just like spur me on to keep going with my business, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, so yeah, I would just encourage every entrepreneur to understand, to look for and understand the correct balance for you and not to overexert yourself in business because your family need you to. I'm going to ask, I think this is one of the biggest questions and, and, and feel free to answer it as elaborately or as, as succinct as you want to. And being an entrepreneur, is it always about the money? Because I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why I asked that is we live in a society that sees success as, which values success as a monetary or materialistic gain right whereas you know I, I, to quote um a guy i've been reading Dondre whitfield a girl called a, a book called male versus man and i'm hoping to get him on the podcast soon what he says is the real value of success is based on the relationships that mm. one has and the legacy that one leaves right mm. so i want to find out from you is being an entrepreneur is it always about being able to earn enough to just leave it 
to someone else to run whilst you're still accumulating um, capital? No, I, I think for me, I think for me, the beauty of entrepreneurship, one is ownership and two is freedom. Um, and ownership provides more freedom. So I, I, that's, that's what I care for. Yes, obviously money is a byproduct and with the money you can get that level of freedom, etc. But for me, the important thing is having a lifestyle that suits me. And I just felt like even when I was working a nine to five, I'd be putting in all these hours. And at the end of the month, it's like I'm living from month to month. So I just, I didn't have the freedom. But now today I could say to my wife and daughter, let's go away for a week. Let's do this. Let's do that. Like there's, there's a certain level of freedom that I've attained, which enables me to live the life that I want to live. Um, so that's what's important to me with entrepreneurship. It's, it's freedom and then ownership. Like if I can acquire enough ownership, it then gives my daughter the freedom to live out her actual dreams as opposed to working a particular job just for money, if that makes sense. So I feel like, yes, money is a motivating factor, but it's got to be deeper than that. There has to be a deeper purpose which pushes you because money alone just it won't satisfy you it it doesn't it's it's air it's just numbers um but there has to be a deeper purpose and i think the beauty of being a father is that it does give you that deeper purpose yeah no definitely and i think it's so interesting to say that because you know I, like i said i've been reading this book and and one of the things he says in there is that a, a man a, a man as opposed to a male a man lives in servitude in the servitude of others right and exactly what you just said accumulating enough so that you allow your daughter can have the freedom in my mind is you living in the service of your family and those in sub-saharan africa you know and and in in my eyes that makes you a, a more than a dope lad that makes you a dope black dad with a couple of badges <laughs> I, I wanted to find out again going on this term of this theme of ser- of service of others what does it mean to you to be able to fund education for children in the african continent and should we as as a black community be doing more to invest in africa in the caribbean you know personally i've i've tried and I support a couple of children in in one in Ghana, one in Zimbabwe, and one in Kenya, and it's providing them with school uniform, with books, with money for holidays, and and that those those key things that they need. And I get a sense of real joy from it, mm. but I want to do more. You know, yeah. it's just never enough. So mm. I want to find out from you, what, what does it mean to be able to fund education on such a mass scale? The way I see it is, like, I love your heart in that, in saying it doesn't feel like enough. But, yeah, the way I see it is, if you can't change the whole world, at least change someone's world. And I think there's so much beauty in the fact that you're already serving and, and impacting those lives. Because I look at, so my dad had to literally beg family members for the basics in order to go to school. But through them helping one family member, we've now distributed over 2,000 items of uniform and over 2,500 solar lamps. So 
them making an impact in my dad's life, which has trickled down to me, has enabled thousands of people to be impacted. So I just, I, I think, do what you can, do what is, do what is available, do what is feasible, and don't, yeah, don't feel bad if, and don't feel like it's never enough, because you don't know the ricochet and domino effect that that can have. And like going back to your earlier point around, do I think we need to be doing more for education across um, sub-Saharan Africa? Yeah, I think we should all do as much as we can. In the past 25 years, sub-Saharan Africa is the only region in the whole world where poverty has increased. And there's a direct correlation between that and the fact that it's got the lowest, a lowest attendance of um, children in primary school education. So if we want to be the future, which which Africa is so rapidly becoming, and if we want to see a change in the disparities we see as black people globally, I think we need to do all we can to help with education for for, for our young people. Mm. Wow, that's that's deep. That's 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 very very true. Um, and and I wonder how much of what you do is pushed also by religion because. You know, I, I, I'm 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 Catholic, and and I know you're you're you're, you're Christian and and, and 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 religious to to you know you you're also quite religious, um, mm. and I wonder how much of that because there's a real what I've come to learn over the last few weeks, certainly in this in, in this second lockdown, is the real divide that exists between the black community in religion and spirituality mm, mm. i i think for me i i i it's funny i actually do struggle with religion at times i've never struggled with the belief in god i've never struggled with a spiritual connection understanding and knowing that yeah there is a there is a god up there that makes an impact i i look at the world and i cannot believe they're not to be an architect if that makes sense uh-huh, uh-huh. one thing i yeah I, I have obviously had doubts about has been the division religion causes and the roots of it and the beginning and inception of it etc but for me it's it has played a vital role especially my foundations growing up um and if not for religion, I wouldn't have grown to understand or reverence God to the level that I do. So it's a trick. It's a it is a tricky one for me. But I think, on the whole, our community needs to focus more on what unites us as opposed to what divides us. There needs to be a focus more on what we need to do because I see people in other communities from different backgrounds that can still come together and solve the problems for their community. So I think irregardless of religion, as long as there's a belief in, I would say a belief in a higher being, as long as there's a belief in the consequences of our actions, I think we should band together more to to make the impact that we need to see. Yeah. And, and just my one, one final question on religion is how do you, I, I completely agree with what you're saying in terms of bringing all of that together, but how do you, how do you pass down religion to your daughter without being biased or giving her, you know, whilst giving her the choice to choose whether she goes down the religious route or the spirituality route? Because from my understanding, and, I, and I'm sure as the podcasts go on this year, we will get 
um, hopefully people that are more that, that are spiritual and, and religious, you know, as well to kind of clear, you know, make us understand the differences in both. But, but from my understanding is spirituality speaks more to the ancestors, speaks more to to energies, right? And yeah. religion speaks more to an entity, right, or a deity, whichever way people want to look at it. So how do you pass either or to your daughter as a father without whilst giving her the freedom of choice because i believe that we have to give the kids enough information about both for them to make a decision but once you're so ingrained in one how do you do that on a non-biased level yeah it's a tricky one because for me i would say i am somewhat caught in between i would i would still say i like i hold dear to christianity um but i am still somewhat caught in between whereas i would say like my wife is more not more religious but she's she's less caught in between um if that's the best way to phrase it um so i think we will raise her to believe to believe what we believe um, and not to indoctrinate or brainwash, but I think if you do, if we truly believe that Christianity is the root, like, and truly believe that, then you wouldn't teach um, with the option for anything else, if that makes sense. Uh, so that's, I guess that's a tough thing to to balance and to to fully understand what you're meant to do with your child. But yeah, I think we will probably be somewhat biased, uh, but then at the same time, like open to her finding her own like revelation and understanding no yeah, oh, amazing how how do you as a father deal with the struggles that you have in that and on on a personal level um how, how do you deal with it and how do you come to certain understandings or agreements or disagreements with your wife um how, how do you deal with that to me, I think community is so vital, um, which is why what you're what you're building and what you guys are doing with Dope Black Dad is 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 amazing. Because for me, I find found especially in like more recent months and in the midst of like the lockdown, and it's been such a I don't want to sound too bleak, but it's been such a grim season, especially emotionally. Um, but I found community has kept me has kept me going. I'm I'm in a small community um of like um there's five five of us and we're all fathers and we're all married and we regularly check in with each other and to me that's been so important because you realize that the problems you're facing are more common than you think and then because you see them to be so common it doesn't ring these alarm bells that you thought that it should ring and you can hold on and you can keep going especially in like marriage etc um, so for me, I think community is, is everything and it's going to be, it's, it's the bedrock to enable you to be like stable and to ensure that not only do you receive, but you help others. And I feel like in helping others, you often, you often become the best version of yourself. Mm. It's so interesting what you just said there, William, because it's, it's in reliance on, on others, right? As humans, yep. I think we're all... 
we are designed to be with others. We're not designed to be by ourselves. We're designed to have a community and we shift in a community pattern way, right? If everyone buys a specific type of watch, um, V-Tape London watches, hopefully, then everyone does it, right? We shift in that kind of pattern of, we follow our community and we identify with what our community does. So, you know what, I really commend the group that you guys have in, in, in that community and setting up. And I would encourage anyone else who might be struggling in that, in this lockdown or, 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 or with this whole pandemic to do the same or seek out a group or get in touch with us or get in touch with, with, with your, those within your community to kind of support you in that way. Because like you said, I struggled the first few weeks. I was, I didn't know whether I was coming or going in March. I just, I, I was lost. I, I was just kind of like, what happens now? Who's where? What's what? Right. And I can't get out and go to work. Uh, you're telling me I've got to stay indoors. I'm trying to work and the kids just keep coming in. There's too much noise in the house. Like it was absolutely crazy. And with with all of this and, and being in that community, did you ever feel, because I know I felt like that, like you suffered from the imposter syndrome? And how did you overcome that? Because for me, I certainly felt, especially I think in lockdown, I had to look back and be like, hold on, who am I? Those questions started coming in really thick and fast. For me, I feel like lockdown was a, a beautiful time of reckoning. Um, it's like it was a, an extremely like tough season. But at the same time, I felt like I felt like maybe not to sound grim, but maybe even issues I may have had in my marriage or things that things that can be kind of swept under the carpet as you separate to go to your individual jobs every day. Like I felt like all of that could now come to the surface. Um, and for me, as tough as it was, it, it really brought a mirror to me, I felt, and enabled me to now become like a better version of myself. So yeah, so for me, as tough as lockdown has been, I'm, I'm grateful for the lessons in it all, um, because I think it's enabled things to become much better. Mm, mm, no, that, William, I want to thank you so much for your time. I know we've gone here, there and everywhere and discussed pretty much everything. But I think, you know, I, I would love to, to do a, a, a 2.0 version where we get to learn more about, you know, William, the man and, and, and what you what you represent and what you stand for. And certainly we have got a little bit of that here. Um, what What's next for you in terms of, I mean, are you are you what what happens now do you visit these countries quite regularly that you support do you are you are you are you based in the uk are you based outside of the uk what so we we actually relocated to ghana about four months ago four or five months ago so september 2020 which is beautiful because it gives us the freedom to to visit um the charities we support um, I just prefer the lifestyle over here as well. And I think even for education and schooling, um, it's pretty incredible too. So, yeah, we've been here for a few months, settling in and yeah, just looking to broaden our impact and, and broaden the brand 
as, as wide as we can. Amazing. So what, what, what have you got coming up? What, what's coming up in the world of Vitae London, in the world of William? New products in terms of the Vitae, more corporate and retail partnerships. So we've just been stocked in a, in a store called Nordstrom in the US, nice. um, which is yeah one of the largest um, retail stores out there, um, which has been amazing. So yeah, just more of that, just scaling and, and building and, and seeing where we can take things really. Oh, and where can where can our listeners find you? So my social media handles are all the same. It's just my full name. So that's William followed by Adwesi, which is A-D-O-A-S-I. So yeah, people can find me there. Amazing. Thank you, William. This has been a Dope Black Dad podcast and you've been listening to myself, Donald Butcher. You can find us on our social media page at Dope Black Dads across all our social medias, and you can listen in, you can listen to this podcast wherever you get your podcast from. It is clear to me that in our community we have many, many, many Dope Black Dads, and William is one of a plethora of dads that are present, that are doing the work, that are supporting our community. I would encourage any dads out there who doubt themselves to get in touch to to find that community where you can see the examples or the people that you want to emulate the people that you, the people that you want to be like and be the hero or be the support system for the next generation of fathers to be on that note it's been a dot black dad podcast and we will catch you next week Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.